0: 100% contract mentality. And here's what contract says. Well, I don't, I'm not really ready to commit. Let's just move in. Let's just start living together and kind of play house. I want to see how good you are at taking care of me before I commit. And even after we get married, I may change my mind and a better model may come along. So when you're in a relationship with a person and they want a contract, see, in relationships, you get what you pay for. And if you want the cheapest Most fragile form of relationship enter into a contract relationship. It's all about me. I don't want to sacrifice much. I don't want to lose my rights and I don't want too much responsibility on me. I want to limit my responsibilities and I want to protect my rights. Covenant says I'm all in and I know it's going to hurt. I'm ready for poor. I'm ready for sicker. I'm ready for worse. I'm ready for anything, and the only thing that's going to separate us is death. Not murder, death. (laughs) I'm Jimmy Evans, co-host of the Marriage Today podcast. Today we have a great teaching for you that I pray grows your marriage and blesses you as you seek to center your marriage on Christ. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to be notified of every new show. God bless you. And after several years of marriage, we were on the brink of divorce. And um, my wife was a praying woman. And um, we almost, I told Karen to get out of the house one night. And I won't give you all the details because I want to get into a little different message for you, but God miraculously saved our marriage. But I want to tell you something, that you can find the right one and you can have the marriage of your dreams. Many of your friends and many of the people that you know are fearful of marriage because of what's happening in our society. So does marriage uh, still work anymore? Let me listen to my answer. Absolutely 100% of the time. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage. You can make it in marriage. God made marriage and God never makes anything to fail. Everything that God makes, he makes perfect and he made marriage perfect. And you were made for marriage. The God that made marriage made you for marriage you have a 100% chance of success in marriage. And you say, well Jimmy, then how? why are so many people failing in marriage? Because they're not doing it God's way. They're doing it another way. Let me, let me just give you several, several issues here of things that people are doing that are causing their marriages to fail. Number one, they don't trust Jesus to meet their deepest needs. See, no, no human being can meet your deepest needs. All of us have four primary needs in our lives that no person can meet, acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. When you woke up this morning, that was what was driving you. I wanna be accepted, but I don't wanna have to perform for it. So did you realize that most people like us based on what they don't know? Did you know if everybody knew everything about us, they might not like us anymore? But did you know that Jesus knows everything you've ever done or will do, and he loves you more than anybody else? That's what you call acceptance. Doesn't matter how bright your teeth are. Doesn't matter how good your deodorant's working. Jesus loves you all the time. But people are very conditional. Did you ever notice that? People are different in the way that they love. But I want you to know that you have a a friend in heaven. On your worst day, he's your best friend. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Somebody say amen. amen. God is our best friend. That's what you call acceptance. Identity. He made me in my mother's womb. Did you know the Bible says that to he who overcomes, when you get to heaven, God's gonna give you a stone with your real name on it? Did you know that only God knows who you really are? A week, after I, a week after Karen and I got married, the Lord called me to preach, and I was sitting in the backyard of our house reading, I think, a book by Billy Graham, I don't even remember. I didn't know one scripture in the Bible, and I saw a sheet drop down in front of my face, and I saw myself from behind preaching to a multitude of people at 19 years old, there had never been a millisecond in my life I thought of myself as a preacher. Two weeks earlier, I was a very immoral, lost person. And Jesus came to me and said, let me tell you who you really are. People can't tell you who you are. Only Jesus made you in your mother's womb. Security, I'm only secure in God. I I can't be secure in anything other than God. God can protect me from anything and anyone. My security is in God and purpose. I don't want to live to make money. I don't want to live to be popular. I want to live to change the world for Jesus. I want an eternal purpose. You know, a lot of people that kill themselves, they just can't find a reason to live any longer. They get discouraged, they get depressed, and they just, they they can't find a reason to get out of bed and, and live anymore. Let me tell you something. When you live for Jesus Christ and when you live for the kingdom of God, you'll always have a reason to get up the next day. My purpose is not just for myself. My purpose is not just to make money. My purpose is not to be well-liked. My purpose is to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that is an eternal purpose. And that's a big purpose. Acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. And if you don't trust Jesus to do that, you're gonna trust people to do it. It's called the principle of transference. And every time you try to get a person to meet those needs, you'll ruin that relationship. So listen to what I'm saying. Your daily, personal, trusting, dependent relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important issue in you being a good spouse for someone sometime. When you get married, that person can't meet your deepest needs. And if you expect them to, the the relationship is set up for uh, disappointment, disaster from the very beginning. So you were made for marriage, but God has to be in the center of that marriage. And I'm not talking about just having a Christian marriage. I'm talking about you've got to pray. You've got to depend on Jesus. And so a lot of people, a lot of Christian people, they don't depend on Jesus. I want you to make me feel secure. I want you to make me feel like somebody. I want you to accept me. And they get into these fights of you're not meeting my needs. Well, there are needs in marriage that we meet for each other, but not the deepest ones. Only Jesus Christ can meet our deepest needs. So if you want to be the right one for someone later in life, you need to have a relationship with Jesus, a real relationship with Jesus. And listen, one of the red flags, and we talk about red flags in the book here and how to know the wrong one. But one of the red flags in relationships is when someone puts too much pressure on you. Marriage is a covenant relationship. And we've largely lost the concept of covenant in our society, listen to me, covenant means to cut. You don't make a covenant, you cut a covenant. And remember, when God made marriage, he cut Adam. See, God God made Adam out of the dust. Why didn't he make Eve out of the dust? But he cut Adam. Because covenant is a sacrificial, permanent relationship. It's sacrificial and it's permanent. Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Every time you make covenant, there has to be blood. There has to be a sacrifice. So it's a sacrificial, permanent relationship. In our society, we've turned marriage into a contract. Let me tell you the difference between a contract and a covenant. A covenant is a sacrificial, permanent relationship that I am going to surrender rights and assume responsibilities. A contract is a superficial, temporary relationship where I'm gonna protect my rights and limit my responsibilities. And so uh, uh, God says on day one of our relationship with him, Hebrews thirteen five. on day one of our relationship with God, here's what God says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Let's, let me tell you what those words mean. I'll never leave means I'll never physically leave. I'll never forsake means in all of eternity, God will never turn his heart away from you. Day one, God does not say, I'm gonna see how good of a Christian you are. And if you're a really good Christian, I'm gonna make you some really neat promises. On day one, God says, I'm all in and I'll never change. And I'll never physically leave you and I'll never turn my heart away from you. Whatever you do, whatever happens in our relationship, I'm all in day one. A contract relationship says this, well, let me say it this way. When a couple couple gets married in a covenant relationship, here's what they say, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health, till death does part, that's covenant language. And covenant language says there's gonna be tough times, I'm all in, I'm here to stay. And so you're gonna go through tough times in every relationship. And the only commitment that can keep you together is a covenant commitment. But here, here's a contract, living together. A lot of people today are living together. Well, what's wrong with living together? 100% contract mentality. And here's what contract says. Well, I don't, I'm not really ready to commit. Let's just move in. Let's just start living together and kind of play house. I want to see how good you are at taking care of me before I commit. And even after we get married, I may change my mind and a better model may come along. So when you're in a relationship with a person and they want a contract relationship, see, in relationships, you get what you pay for. And if you want the cheapest, most fragile form of relationship, enter into a contract relationship. It's all about me. I don't want to sacrifice much. I don't want to lose my rights and I don't want too much responsibility on me. I want to limit my responsibilities and I want to protect my rights. Covenant says, I'm all in and I know it's going to hurt. I'm ready for poor, I'm ready for sicker, I'm ready for worse, I'm ready for anything and the only thing that's gonna separate us is death. Not murder, death. (laughs) Number three reason that marriages fail is because people break the laws of marriage. Um, the, The laws of marriage are in Genesis chapter two, I had no idea that there were laws of marriage. And by the way, laws create order. I'm a pilot, I fly a plane, and there are laws of aerodynamics, it creates order. There's, there's no chance a plane's just gonna fall out of the air. If you follow the laws of aerodynamics, flying is the safest form of transportation. Marriage is the safest relationship on earth. Today, with all of its warts, you cannot find a relationship on earth today that is safer than marriage. And when you do it God's way, it's 100% safe because there are laws where are the laws? Genesis 2, 24 and 25. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They were both naked, the man and his wife are not ashamed. Well, I had no idea that those were the laws of marriage. But when God created marriage, this is right after God created Adam and Eve, this is what God said. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother, the law of priority. The marriage has to be first. Okay. For this cause a man will leave his father and mother. Your father and mother are the most important relationship in your life. Well, when Karen and I got married, I golfed. And when I would come home, and I was a very good golfer, and when I came home from playing golf, Karen would resent it, because I golfed all the time. Well, my marriage wasn't first. I was breaking the law of priority, and it almost destroyed our relationship. Listen, marriage has to come before children. Marriage has to come before parents. Marriage has to come before church. Marriage has to come before friends. Marriage has to be first. It's the first law of marriage. Law number two. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. Well, the word cleave doesn't make sense in our language, but it means to pursue with all of your energy. We're commanded in Deuteronomy five times to cleave unto the Lord our God. Marriage is work. You have to work at marriage. A lot of people think, well, if I marry my perfect soulmate, then I'm just gonna wake up every day and hallelujah. You hear It's. I just feel so good. Oh, I don't have to work at this relationship because I found my soulmate. We matched in all 1,300 categories. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You marry your perfect soulmate, you're going to have to work at that relationship. It's like anything else in life. In what area of life would you want to give something no energy and expect us to succeed? There's no other area that we apply that principle to except for marriage. And so I'm saying marriage is work, but it's great work. When you work at your marriage, marriage thrives. And by the way, the reason that you fall in love is you work at it. You knock yourself out. You know, you smell good, you look good. You, you know, pay attention to what you're saying. You pursue each other and you fall in love. How do you fall out of love? You just give up, take each other for granted. Stop working at it. And and there are a lot of people, honestly, they think there's something wrong if they have to work at their marriage. Marriage is work. God said it from the very beginning. God says that, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave it to his wife. They two shall become one flesh. Marriage is about sharing everything. It's called the law of possession. When you get married, you share everything with your spouse. Of course, I was selfish and I was dominant. Dominance destroys the spirit of relationship because dominance says I'm not sharing, I'm in control. I will not share myself with you. I will not share uh, decisions and ideas with you. Karen and I never talk about who the head of our home is because Jesus Christ is the head of our home. And every single decision we make in our marriage, we make together and we don't bully each other and we don't make each other pay a price for telling the truth. We sit down, we talk, we pray, and every, every significant decision we make, we make together and we're one. There's not one decision in our home or in our family or in our lives, not one decision that we didn't make together, any significant decision. So we're not divided, we're together. And that's the way that God made marriage. Selfish people cannot succeed in marriage because selfish people will not share. And selfish people don't wanna cooperate. They want, to, they want their own way. The number four law, it says the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. It's the law of purity. God made uh, Adam and Eve completely exposed to each other, uh, physically but also mentally, emotionally, until they sinned. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they could no longer be intimate but they began to hide themselves behind fig leaves here's the principle. If we're careful in how we behave and we take responsibility for our issues, we can be intimate without fear. But when we begin to hurt each other and sin against each other and don't take responsibility, it's just too sensitive. I cannot open my heart to a person who's not careful. And I won't open my heart to you because the things that you say and do and you don't take responsibility for it. I was not a good husband. I was verbally abusive. I was dominant and Karen completely shut down on me. And when I changed, and I repented, and I began to be different, Karen began to open up. We, she, Karen said something to me one time when I changed. And I hung up my golf clubs, I stopped golfing, I started being a better husband, and Karen said something to me one day, and I said, how long have you been thinking that? She said, years. And I said, why didn't you tell me? She said, I couldn't. I was not her safe place. You should be your spouse's safe place. You should be the safest place in the world for your spouse to be able to share it. But they can only do that if you're careful and if you take responsibility for your issues. Okay, so that's that's my first question. Does marriage work anymore? Absolutely, but Jesus has to be first. It has to be a covenant relationship and you have to obey the laws of God. And what I just told you there in the last 15 minutes, that's 90% of what it takes to succeed in marriage. You don't have to fear marriage. Marriage is the most secure relationship on earth, but it works God's way.